You are listening to Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. On every episode, I talk about how to stand up and battle those beasts in your life so that your life can be filled with hope, strength, and courage. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure that you follow and sign up for updates so you never miss a new episode. For direct access, you can visit my website at ValerieSilvera.com slash podcast. You are not alone. I am standing with you. Good morning, everybody. Happy to be here today to talk with you a little bit about the things we talk about on the Still Standing Show. And obviously, it's all about overcoming and learning to stand and taking your life to whole new levels. Because I have to tell you that I would never have imagined a few years back that I'd be sitting here today doing what I'm doing today. I would have had no idea. So you have to start believing that wherever you are today, you can be in a completely different place or a better place. Even a few short months or years from now, But it takes you standing up and taking action. We can't keep waiting. And that's what we do, don't we? I know that's what I did for years. I just waited and waited and waited. I waited for all of the things outside of my control to get better so that, well, I wanted them to get better because I wanted them to get better. (laughs) Let's face it. But if the things around me got better, then I wouldn't have to work on myself. I could just go back to the way life was. Well, what I've discovered, especially if something has really whacked you upside the head, like what happened to me with my daughter's addiction, that you change. We change when these things happen. And so even if things had gotten better, even if things had changed with regard to my daughter, Jamie, I still had changed. And so it was still going to require me to do some work. And I firmly believe if we're not all working on self-improvement our entire lives, I mean, come on, let's face it, everybody should be continuing to constantly work on improving themselves. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you figure out just how amazing you can be? So today, I wanted to talk to you a little bit today about finding a reason to stand, finding a reason to change your life. And... Sometimes when we're in the middle of the stuff, when we're in the middle of the storm, it's hard to find a reason to do anything but just try to exist. Anybody relate to that? Anybody out there this Saturday morning that can relate to what I'm talking about? When I was so lost in the belly of my beast, and for me it was my codependent enabler beast because my daughter lived in addiction and Oh boy, get my book still standing if you want to hear some of my story. Right here, this book still standing. If you want to hear more about my story with regard to my daughter and her addiction, if that is something, if addiction is part of your world, you definitely should read Still Standing After All the Tears. That book is a lot more about my journey through my daughter's addiction. And in any case, there was a lot of stuff. Whatever you read was a fraction of what I went through. And, you know, it's, it's a hell of a road, let's put it that way, when you're with somebody who is in addiction, somebody that you love. And so 
because I couldn't save my daughter, I was so depressed. I was down, depressed, helpless, hopeless. I felt so defeated. I was the worst mother in the world because I couldn't save the person that I loved most. I mean, I don't love her more than my son, but you know, one of the two people, I guess I should say, that I loved most in this world, I could not save her. No matter what I did, no matter what I tried, no matter what I said, I could not seem to save my daughter. And it it plummeted me into despair. I'm gonna tell you, my friends, I was in a bad place. No matter what it looked like on the outside, I was in a very bad place on the inside. This dark cloud hung over my heart every moment of every single day. And here's what I have discovered. The more we focus on something, the bigger it gets, the more magnified it becomes. So when we're focusing on our problems, we're focusing on our losses, our disappointments, our heartbreaks, our defeats, our obstacles, when we focus on those, they magnify. I mean, you can definitely make mountains out of molehills, now for me, my daughter's addiction was a mountain. It was massive, it was huge. It was beyond anything I could have imagined my worst nightmares and it was happening to me and it wouldn't seem to stop. So you might think that it's reasonable and understandable that I was down and depressed and that I was focusing on that. How could I not focus on that? My firstborn child, the one that I thought would be the first woman president was crashing. She wasn't heading, heading to the first woman presidency. She was, gonna, she was heading to death or prison or both. And so, of course, it was hard not to focus on that. In fact, that's exactly what I did. And I call it the roller coaster from hell. And I lived on that sucker for 13 years. Just riding that thing painfully up one hill and screaming down the next. And I was caught in this cycle of hope and massive disappointment, just up and down. It affected my health, my relationships, my faith, and so much more. I lived in paralyzing fear, scared to death if the phone rang and scared to death if it didn't ring. And so, I mean, it was really at my lowest point. I talked about this on another Facebook Live. I talked about um, on this Still Standing show, actually a few episodes back, I talked about how I found myself standing in my kitchen and I said to my husband, Rich, I don't want to be here anymore. It's too hard. I'd given up, at least for that moment. But that moment that sounded like me giving up was the catalyst for me making a decision to stand up and fight to get my life back. Whatever in the heck that was going to look like. I had no idea where I was going or how I would get there. I only knew that I couldn't live in despair anymore. I couldn't live in darkness. I couldn't wake up anymore. Every morning, this is what I would do. Now, I used to be the kind of person that would wake up in the morning and go, yay, it's another day. I always woke up in a good mood and I was never the kind that was impacted by the weather or anything like that. I always looked forward to a day, to the day. But for years, I would have just a brief moment where I would have that feeling about, yay, it's another day. And then, excuse me, it would hit me. Oh yeah, this is my life. And then I would set about trying to figure out how to make it through a day. My friends, if that's you, that is no way to live, trying to figure out how to make it through a day. We're supposed to be living our lives, not existing, not trying to make it through a day. That's not living, that's existing. And that's exactly what I was doing. I was existing. Hello there, sweetie pie. I was existing, 
I wasn't living. And uh, that, that's just, it's, it's unacceptable. But what happens is, like I said, we focus on these things. We focus on our, on our, on our fears and they become magnified. Now, I must tell you, I must do a little, um, a little disclaimer here. I don't know. Maybe that's not the right word. In any case, things were getting worse for Jamie. We also had some, you know, business and financial challenges that were going on in the middle of all this and some health issues. There was a lot of stuff going on, by the way. My stepdad, who I love dearly toward the end of all of this, he ended up um, with dementia and there's just so much going on around me. But the biggest one, of course, was my daughter. And I you know, as I tell you that when you focus on something, it becomes magnified. Well, here's the bottom line and the truth. Jamie's life was becoming magnified. It wasn't just that I was focusing on it. The you know what storm was underway. She was riding on her own roller coaster from hell. She was on a brick wall. I mean, on a freight train headed toward a brick wall. And I couldn't stop her. All of that was a reality. I wasn't magnifying that. So let me clarify. What I was magnifying was my failure. I was magnifying the fact that I was a terrible mother. Or at least I thought it was a fact. Hello, Ricky. I hope that's how you say your name. I love the way you spell that. Uh, you can relate to everything I'm saying. You know, I'm sorry you can relate to it, honestly. I wish you couldn't. I wish you had no idea what I was talking about today. I mean, I, I love that, that people can watch this and be inspired no matter what we're going through, but um, I really kind of wish you didn't have to understand. But since you do, isn't it amazing that we can do this together? Isn't it amazing that we can stand together? Thank you, God, literally that we can stand together. So what I was focused on was my disappointment, my heartbreak, my failure as a mother, or at least what I perceived to be my failure. I was a good mother, by the way. Um, but it's I thought I was the worst mother in the world. I thought I was the worst person in the world, the worst friend in the world, the worst wife in the world. I thought I was just a complete loser, a complete failure as a human being. That is exactly how I felt. And the more I focused on that, the more it eroded my self-confidence. The more I focused on my sadness, the sadder I became. The more I focused on my disappointments, the more disappointed I became. And it just kept plummeting me further and further and further into darkness and despair. And for those of you who have read my book, Still Standing After All the Tears, now let me get this straight. We, we use the word still standing a lot in what I do. So my most recent book is called Still Standing. And then of course there's a subtitle. But my first book, the one that has helped tons and tons of people, and especially those with people living in addiction, although I have had many people read that book and find help in it, I think um, it's especially helpful though. This is why I wrote Still Standing now to really help with people with a lot of different things, to overcome many different things. But I think that um, Still Standing After All the Tears is really, really helpful, especially for those living in addiction um, or living with somebody, loving somebody who lives in addiction. Uh, Life-changing, Ricky said. Thank you so very much. I really, really appreciate that. And I'm so honored that it, that it has been able to help you. What I was going to mention is, if you have that book, go back and read. If you're, if you're relating to this like Ricky is, then you should read. Um, go back and read in action number six, Adjust Your Focus, The Old Woman in the Cave. 
That's what I was becoming. I was the old woman in the cave. And I wrote that story. It's a fiction story that I that I created. And I actually, you know what's interesting? I started my first book that I was going to write to help people was actually a fiction book. And that's where I came up with this whole idea about the old woman in the cave. So I have this fiction book that's maybe 75% fit completed. I wonder if maybe I should complete that book one day. Anyway, that's where I came up with this idea about the old woman in the cave. But it's it's a metaphorical story that really, really helps um, gain some perspective. Because you might be doing that. You might be isolating yourself over whatever you're going through. You might have some shame and guilt and feel like other people don't understand or that you're the only person going through this. Which, by the way, whatever you're going through, you're not the only person. I can guarantee you that. Probably thousands, if not millions of people could be going through similar things. But anyway, in that book, I explained it. Really, that was it was a depiction of me and how I was feeling. And maybe some of you could relate to that. I felt like this woman just getting older and older and older while, while I was living in my self-imposed prison of isolation, my self-imposed prison of shame. I separated myself from the other people in my life because I became so singularly focused on this one thing that I was losing, this one thing that I didn't have, these disappointments, this, this part of my life that was never going to be that I had so much hope for. I was so disappointed. I used to say that Jamie would be the first woman president. And if you knew her, you'd understand why. She was an incredible, incredible person. For those of you who are listening to this and, and maybe don't know much about my story, my daughter lived in addiction for 15 of her 30 years. She was murdered in August of 2016. And so she only lived 30 years, seven months, and four days. And so, I went from thinking this girl would be the first woman president because she was such a leader and so charismatic and, and brilliant and quick-witted and artistic and athletic and funny and just so gifted. I went from, from you know, kind of joking about her being the first woman president, but it wouldn't have surprised me, to her living half of her life in a world of addiction and danger. And by the way, she was also shot another time. Yeah, shot with a gun. I mean, a world that we didn't live in. She was shot when she was 18 and it was a near fatal gunshot wound. So this first woman president had flung us into this world that we never ever wanted to be a part of, into this world of, of danger and chaos and drama and fear, paralyzing fear, massive disappointment confusion and that feeling of, of, of being powerless. I mean, absolutely powerless. How in the world can you be so powerless not to save your firstborn child, not to save the person that you learned about love when you met, the person that you first loved like that? I mean, how can you not feel like a, a failure? So, the more I focused on my failures, the more of a failure I became. The more I focused on my disappointments, the more disappointed I became. The more I focused on my sadness, the sadder I became, and the list goes on. There are many of you that follow my message that are in a similar boat and can relate to me like you're living my story. Some of you have nothing to do with addiction, but you can still relate. We do this with a lot of different things. We get so singularly focused that we lose sight of the other things in our lives. And I lost sight of so much. I would be sitting at my son Sean's football games when he was in high school, 
And I was, you know, I'd be watching him, of course. But I was so distracted because down on the field in front of the stands were the cheerleaders. And many of them were Jamie's friends. Should I say former friends? And me thinking, why Jamie should be a cheerleader. Why is Jamie not here? Why is that person? Were their parents better than me? And I would just run the movie constantly. And so I, I just kept finding so many reasons or one overarching main reason not to stand up. And the more I focused over here, it was impacting my marriage. Thank God I have the husband that I have because he was all in. But um, it was definitely affecting my marriage. No question about it. It was affecting all of my relationships. And I wasn't there for my son, Sean. And that is what I wanted to talk to you about today because I wanted to talk to you about finding a reason. We can all find reasons not to stand up. We can all find reasons to be sad. We can all find reasons to be disappointed. We can all find reasons to be um, uh, lose our confidence. We can all find reasons to feel hopeless. We can all find reasons to be fearful. I mean, my gosh, the world's a scary place. Those are easy, but you're not an average person. You're a person that is watching this today because you have a desire to change. You have a desire to make your life better. Even if you're not doing anything about it today, the mere fact that you're watching this, that you've read any of the, uh, you know, still standing or still standing after all the tears or the workbooks or any of the materials or, or other things that you're doing to improve your life, the mere fact that you're even considering it says that you believe somewhere deep down that you can do this, that you can stand up. And I must tell you that for many years, I wanted to stand up, but I didn't know how. I didn't know if I could, and I didn't think I should unless Jamie stood up and, and beat her a beast. I thought, what in the heck kind of a mother am I? What kind of a mother would go get herself better? What kind of a mother would learn how to laugh and have joy again? What kind of a mother would feel good about going on a vacation and, and, and get rid of all the guilt that came along with, with this? What kind of a mother would go out and make herself better when her daughter's crashing? What kind of a mother would do that? Well, think about how crazy that is. If you really think about it, is me going down with Jamie, was that helping anybody? It wasn't helping her. You know what I mean? I mean, when you jump on the boat and it's and it's going down, you're both going down. You know, the boat's got a hole in it. You're both going down. That doesn't help anybody. It also didn't didn't show her. What was I showing my daughter when I was self-destructing? I was showing her that that's what we do. We self-destruct. I was demonstrating that my heart was so broken and I was at such a low point that the most the, the best decision I could make was to lay down on the mat and give up. That's what I was showing her. And importantly, it's what I was showing my son. My son, Sean, the one not living in addiction, the one losing his first best friend, the one who had no relationship left with his sister, the one whose heart was breaking. I was showing him that when life gets tough, hey, watch me, son. When life gets tough, here's what you do. You lay down on the mat and you give up. You succumb to depression. You stop fighting for your own life. You stop caring about yourself. 
you give up on life. That's what I was showing him. And so it was that moment that I stood in my kitchen telling my son or my husband, Rich, I don't want to be here anymore. That was one of the best moments of my life. Get this, hear this. While it was one of the most devastating, sad, low points in my life, sometimes our lowest points can be the best points because it was that moment that I knew, somewhere deep down, I knew I had to stand up and fight. Because when those words came out of my mouth and my ears heard them and my heart felt them and my brain you know, connected with them, I said, no way, that can't be my legacy. This can't be right. God did not put me on this earth to end this way. I know this can't be the period at the end of my life sentence. Life sentence? Hey, that's a good one because I used to think I had a life sentence. <laughs> when I was in my depression, I used to say that. I used to say, it's like I have a life sentence. Okay, what I meant was <laughs> my life story. That wasn't going to be the period at the end of my life story. I hope that whatever you're going through today, it's not the period at the end of your life story because people are watching you and they are waiting to be inspired by you. So, I really started to think about my son, Sean, and we all have reasons. And he became my initial reason to stand up and fight for my life. He became my initial reason to take that tiny bit of hope. And, and my friends, I'm here to tell you it was tiny. So whatever amount of hope, if you say you have no hope left, there's a glimmer. That's all you need. You only need a glimmer because that's all I had. I had a glimmer of hope. And, a, and a, just a shred of self-confidence left. This, this formerly confident person was not confident anymore. Scott Silvera, hey, brother. Good to see you. Oh, thank you so much, Scott, for saying that. I really appreciate it, especially coming from you. My, that's my husband's brother. So, um, yeah, I, so that's all it takes. So whatever you're going through today, don't use this as an excuse what if you're supposed to be doing something like I'm doing? I mean, don't get scared. Like, you know, you're going to be thrown into a mission like this and you really don't want to do it. I had no idea. But there's something out there that you're supposed to be doing. You're here on this planet to make a difference. You're here on this planet to impact other people in a positive way. I can guarantee, I have no idea what your purpose is or what your future looks like. But it's time to get excited because I can tell you one thing for sure. You're here for a purpose, but... Your purpose will never be discovered down on the mat. Ain't gonna happen. Okay, I have a friend who says, oh my gosh, I can't believe you said it ain't. I just said it to make a point. <laughs> it is not going to happen. You are not going to impact people. Oh wait, oops, whoops, check that. You actually are going to impact people. Down on the mat, you're impacting people. You are in a negative way. You're showing people that it's a good idea to give up. That's what you're doing. Is that what you want? Is that the kind of, of legacy that you want to leave in this planet, in this world? Is that the imprint of you that you want to leave, that you gave up, you laid down on the mat, you felt sorry for yourself, you stayed in the pity party, you lived a life of shame and guilt, you, you, you ended your life hopeless and helpless and sad? No, of course not. Nobody wants that. I know some of you right now are saying, I get it, Valerie, comma, but, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. 
You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what my life is like. You don't understand how I feel. I don't. I don't know what you're going through, but I know that I've been through a heck of a lot. Okay? And if I can do it, you can too. Okay. Now I know that some of you are thinking, see, I'm inside your head. Some of you are thinking, yeah, but I'm not as strong as you, Valerie. I have heard this so many times. Oh, Susan, I love what you said, Susan. I'm going to put up your comment right here on the broadcast because I love your comment. Um, many of you will say that I'm not as strong as you, Valerie. You don't get it. I'm not as strong as you. Well, guess what? I want you to hear this. I used to wish I was as strong as me too, right? I mean, when I was laying down on the mat, I wasn't strong. I wasn't courageous. I wasn't brave. I didn't overcome anything. You don't overcome down on the mat. You overcome when you find that tiny bit of hope and that shred of self-confidence. You face a fear and you say, damn it, I'm going to stand up and fight. And you stand up. And I don't care if you get knocked down one minute later, you stand back up again. And you get knocked down again, you stand back up again. And every single time you knock yourself down, somebody else knocks you down, however it happens, every time you feel defeated, you just get back up. Because you know what happens every time you get back up? You start building confidence. You start building your hope. You start believing. You start facing fears. That's how you do it. Fears don't go away, my friends. I'm here to tell you, fears do not just disappear. If anything, they grow bigger and bigger. And it, the only remedy to, fate, to fear is to face them. That's how you tackle fear. That's how you overcome fear. You stand up to it. That's how you do it. So, Susan, I know. Isn't that funny, Susan? I swear to you that sometimes the things that I that come out of this mouth, the things that I say that I didn't mean to say are so, turn out to be things that uh, we use later on. It's really funny. As a matter of fact, one time I was doing a Facebook Live and it was actually in my private membership called the Still Standing Tribe, I believe. And um, I made up a word, empowerful. And I actually put it in my book, Misery, You Don't Get My Company, because we thought it was, it turned out to be a great word. I was obviously trying to say powerful and empowered, and I said empowerful. <laughs> we just made up a word, but it's a great word. Susan said, oh, I love the life sentence versus changing your sentence before the period. Okay, what Susan was talking about, for those of you just tuning in now, is that I misspoke, and I said that hopelessness and helplessness and depression and feeling like a loser and all of that was not going to be the period at the end of my life sentence. Then I cracked myself up because when I was in my depression, I used to say that I had a life sentence. I used to think that somehow God handed me a life sentence. I used to say every morning, oh yeah, this is my life. This is the way the rest of my life is going to be. Jamie's going to be an addiction. And even when she gets clean, I'm going to be scared and that she isn't going to be. And just on and on and on. Oh my gosh, this is my life sentence. What I said was, no, that can't be the period at the end of my life story. And, and that shouldn't be the period at the end of your life story either. Oh, you're on a watch party? Who's having a watch party? Someone said they're having a watch party. Um... So, the whole emphasis today, the focus on the, my message to you today is that you need to stop finding reasons 
focusing on everything that's going wrong. Stop finding reasons to stay down on the mat and start finding some reasons to stand up and fight. And my initial reason to stand up and fight was, hey, what's going on here? Oops, that's not the one I wanted to show you. <laughs> my reason to stand up and fight was that. So obviously, initially, it was for my son, Sean, and my husband, Rich. Um, but initially, of course, you know, it was my son. I mean, you know what? I really should have just stood up for my husband because God knows he had been through a lot with me and put up with a lot. But this was my initial reason to stand with Sean. Of course, now I stand for myself and I do stand for my husband and I do stand for my family. I stand for all of you. But initially, if you're really down, you got to find a reason to stand that it might not be you. It doesn't matter. Find a reason because there is one. So what happened was that I did. I stood up and fight and fight. I stood up and fought. I stood up and reclaimed my life. I took back my life in my most depressing time. I took my life back, not when my daughter was clean. And I, I, I want you to get this because many of you are waiting and you say, well, you know, as soon as things get better, then, then I'll work on myself. Then I'll work on getting better. What if they don't get better, first of all? Second of all, you, today's the day. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I stood up. And why this is important, because people might say, well, you know, I'm in the middle of this, you know, what storm? Well, maybe it was easy for you to stand up. You probably did it during a, a, you know, a good period. Let me tell you something. Everything in my world was crashing around me when I made that decision. I did not stand up at a high point. I stood up at my very, very, very lowest point. Sarah says, I'm talking to her today. Good. So glad you did, Anel said. Anel said she's so glad I stood up. Thank you, Anel. So am I. Because if I hadn't, Anel, I wouldn't know you. Man. Um, you said on, oh, Dawn says, I said on Anel's watch party that Sean saved your life. He was your motivation to fight. I'm going to put this on the broadcast. Dawn said that um, Sean saved your life. He was your motivation to fight. And Jaden did that for me also. That's her daughter. Dawn, oh my gosh, what a way to put that. I love that. Sean saved my life. Wow, I, I could cry right now, but he did. He did save my life, Dawn, but I'm going to give myself a little credit here because it was me that made the decision and Don, it was you that made the decision. They were your, your reason, but so many people have reasons and they don't use them. They don't use that reason to motivate themselves. They don't take that reason and run with it. And that's what I did. Now, some of you have met my son, Sean, and you know, we all have our struggles in life and he's still struggling through a lot of things, but he had so much shame and guilt related to his daughter's addiction. He was embarrassed the time she was shot when she was 18 and he was 16. And, and he said, you know, she was a gangbanger wannabe and it embarrassed him when he went to school and everybody knew and, and it was a lot for him. He was angry with her. He was basically at the end of her life. He had no relationship left with her and he had to have a, you know, fight through a lot of guilt after her murder. He's come to a point where he's even 
learned to forgive the guy that murdered his sister as I have. And this is so incredibly important for each of you to hear. Because if you don't feel like you can become a better person, a stronger person, a more courageous person, if you don't think you can do it for yourself, then dang it, do it for somebody else. Because if I had not stood up to fight, if I had not become who I am today, and by the way, I fight every day, my friends. It's not like it's smooth sailing here. Um, it's a lot easier than it was, but I still work on myself every day. But if I hadn't have done that, Sean would have learned what you do when life gets tough. If I was down on the mat when his sister was murdered, he would be right down there with me. Um, and that makes me sick thinking about it. And so um, what's really important is that because of my fight, he learned to fight. And so this is what happens when we learn to fight. This is what happens. This was Sean and Rich and I doing a session at Still Standing Live last year. And, <clears throat> excuse me, this would have never happened. Sean would have never been telling his story and inspiring so many people like he did if I was laying down on the mat because none of this would even exist. And so I want you to, <laughs> hey, by the way, he's gonna do an entire session at Still Standing Live this year in April. I would love for every one of you to be in Palm Springs on April 25th are still standing live because there's something magical about being in a room together. This is super awesome and it's definitely the next best thing, but technology, thank you. But the, en excuse me, the energy that you get in a room of people, the connections that you can make, and, and even, you know what, it's worth making the trip. What if you got one nugget? What if it was just one little piece of wisdom that was the catalyst that helped you to make that decision to stand up and fight. For those of you who are already standing, then it's time to take your life to a new level. But you still have to find reasons. Yes, Anel, they are watching. People are watching us. Um, Don said Sean has grown so much and he has grown so much and he did the work and I, I give him the credit but I had the responsibility and that's what it is. We have a responsibility to the people in our lives, the people who are watching us, the people who are impacted by us, our children, our spouses, our family members, our friends. We have a responsibility to people. If you don't show somebody what it looks like to walk in the light, they're going to stay in the darkness. If you don't show somebody what courage looks like, they're going to stay in fear. Why not you? Why not you? I remember, did, can any of you relate to this? Did any of you spend years going, why me? Why me? Why me? Oh my gosh, I said that a million times. Why me? Why not you? Is what I finally said to myself. I looked at my, I literally looked at myself in the mirror one day and I said, why not you? Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Sorry. I know. Had to do it. Better than having it drip down in my mouth while I'm talking. <laughs> Okay, so, hey, these, these live videos are always entertaining, if nothing else. Um, now I can't even remember what I was talking about. Happens all the time to me. But find your, your reason. There's always a reason. But here's the problem. We're so stuck, and this is action number five, change your attitude. By the way, what we're talking about today is action number one, decide to stand up and fight. Action number five is to change your attitude. 
You get to decide if you're going to be a victim. You get to decide if you're going to impact people in a positive way. It's your choice. No matter what you're going through, look around, my friends. There are always people who have been through way worse than you have and people who have stood up anyway. Why not us, Anel? That's right. You and Bob said that. You know what I love about this? I'm going to put this up here now, too. I'm going to put this comment up that Anel just said. Here's why I love this comment. Bob, her husband, said, why not us? That's even more powerful than why not me. Why not us? Because together we can do so much more. So I'm going to say that to all of you. And this is something, this is a message I'll be sending to my Still Standing Tribe coaching membership this year. Why not us? And I'm even adding some leadership options and, and, and training because I really think it's time. The world has never needed leaders. And I'm, I'm talking about leaders that inspire people. Leaders that teach people about courage. Leaders that show people how to find their way out of the darkness and how it starts is finding your own way. So you don't even, you know, here's what's kind of cool. You don't even have to go on a mission to be a leader. You don't even have to go on a mission to become, you know, an inspirational, motivational speaker. You don't even have to write books or anything to become a leader. Here's how you do it. You change yourself. And, and it will happen. One day you'll just look around and there will be people following you. Because people are waiting to be inspired by you. I hope today is the day that you make that decision to stand up and fight. Come and see me. I'd love to meet you or see you again if I already met you at a prior Still Standing Live event. Go to ValerieSilvera.com right here and get your tickets for Still Standing Live. I know you will not be sorry you did. And if you want more coaching from me, um, just finishing up a really great coaching um, course in Still Standing, in the Still Standing Tribe. So you can find out about my coaching membership also at ValerieSilvera.com. Wherever you are, my friends, in this world today, physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, you're not alone. Many of us have been where you are. Dawn says she's buying hers today. You go, girl. Many of you, many of us have been where you are. And we are more than willing. Let me tell you something. When you're a person who crosses the courage line, there's no going back. And those of us who cross the courage line, we are more than happy. We want to stand with you. We want to help you over the courage line too. Have an awesome weekend. I love you all. Thanks again for listening to Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. Please be sure to follow me on social media and go to my website at ValerieSilvera.com where I have lots of awesome resources to help you stand up and fight and to remain standing. Link arms with me. You are not alone and you don't have to do this alone. Together, we can get through anything. Please know that I'm always standing with you. Have an awesome day.